One thing that I enjoy very much as a priest is working with young adults. It's an interesting age because at the same time that we're learning to be independent, we also might make some larger mistakes. And a few months ago, as the new school year was beginning, I allowed myself to be distracted with some of the social media posts of parents dropping off their, their sons and daughters to university for the first time. And, you know, it's an interesting time because their children are learning to navigate the world in a much more practical way for the first time. And I was particularly struck by you know, these screenshots of some of the texts that the students were sending their parents. Like, what's my shoe size? Or, how do you take clothes out of a washing machine? Or my personal favorite, where do I find pasta water in the store? And if you have a high school senior at home, well, you might want to take note and make sure that he or she is ready for life on their own. And we can laugh at the, the mysteries and the challenges of moving out, but I think that we've all gone through the experience and, and been able to recognize how vulnerable we really are. Along the same lines, I remember working with a young man, he, he, uh, this was during my time in El Salvador, and he had come to the United States to study, and then after you know, finishing his degree, his undergraduate, he went back to work at the family business. And, you know, one thing that always impressed me about this young man, he was very professional, always dressed in a you know, very precise manner. And then one day I was surprised because he showed up in the middle of the day and very casual. So I asked him, you know, well, well what's up? And he says, I quit my job. I'm like, working for your dad, okay. Um, and, I, and, and we talked for a little bit, and, then I, and, and there was really this desire to be independent. And I asked him, so where are you eating dinner tonight? And he says, well, at home. And, and to, it, it struck me uh, that he didn't quite understand everything that was going on or, or recognize what his parents were still doing for him at this same time that he was trying to assert his own independence. And I think that we can look at that and kind of apply it to our relationship to God and realize that whenever we try to assert our independence from God, we always end up looking silly. One of the themes that I see in today's gospel and something that kind of calls back to the Old Testament is the plight of the orphan. You know, it's one of the common themes, you know, kind of one of the threads that goes throughout the Old Testament, the bitterness of orphanhood. You know, where the, the natural plan of life is for us to grow up within the family to have both of our parents. And whenever that doesn't happen, well, it's something that's very, very painful. And, you know, especially looking at, at gospel times or biblical times and seeing that so much of a person's fortune was determined by the station of his or her father well, losing that was something that, that would be seen especially problematic. And the Israelites had a clean grasp of this, as did Jesus. Now, in this passage that we read today, Jesus is engaging in something that we can call rabbinic hyperbole, where he's saying some things in an exaggerated manner, but it's so that we understand the core message of what he's trying to communicate. Because... You know, at the time, to use a name 
was to point to the essence and nature of a thing. Because I look at this, especially the way that he speaks about the Father, when he says, call no man father. And I think that what he's talking about is that no father on earth can usurp the role that is exclusive to God the Father. Now, because this is one of the other revolutionary messages of Jesus when he teaches us the Our Father. Well, it's a totally new way of relating ourselves to God. And I think that we can all recognize or imagine, you know, for those of us who haven't experienced it personally, that pain of orphanhood. And at the same time, you know, there's many people that maybe they grow up with both of their parents physically present, but where emotionally they're unavailable, and that leads to its own wounds as well. And for me, working with, you know, especially with married couples, you see that so many times, you know, when there is a crisis, when there is a difficulty, so much of it can, can really harken back to their own childhood. And so this is an invitation for all parents to recognize even more deeply the role that you have in your own children's future happiness. And so we, we listen to this phrase that comes from Christ, you know, call no man father. You know, and why? Because we have a father in heaven and we wouldn't want any relationship on the, in this world to confuse or to distort that fundamental relationship. But I think as well that there's a, a challenge that Christ is giving us to overcome our sense of wanting to be independent. I think here this is sometimes a particular struggle for us as Americans where the whole identity of our nation it comes precisely from our declaration of independence. But we have to you know, kind of distinguish between political battles of the past and that you know, can still serve to give us a certain national common identity and the way that each one of us lives individually. Because when we, when we try to have that independence from God, well, we end up falling into orphanhood. And sometimes we have to allow ourselves to be dependent. You know, for me, it's one of the beautiful things about the prayer of the Our Father when we say, give us this day our daily bread. You know, it's not give me a store of bread to get to the end of the month. It's not give me a bank account so that I can, you know, not do anything for the next five years and still survive. It's give me today what I need today. And what does that imply? That implies trust and confidence in a loving father. Because in the faith, there are no orphans. You know, in the faith, each one of us, through our baptism, we are essentially connected to God the Father. We all come from Him, and Jesus knows that we need to remember that. His prohibition to call others fathers, Father is not a quick phrase to give evangelical apologists fodder to attack Catholics for calling priests Father. I remember growing up, one of my hobbies which I still engaged in from time to time, was to argue with Protestants. And in going to public high school, I had a lot of evangelical friends, and for some of them it was their mission, you know, to, to save me from the Catholic Church. And, and I remember once discussing precisely this phrase, called no man father. But I think that Christ is saying something deeper. You know, and, and today, November 5th, we begin the week of, the National Week of Awareness of Priestly Vocations. And so we're praying in a very special way for young men to respond to God's call. And we call priest father as a sign of respect 
and hopefully it can help us bridge the gap to see God as our Father. You know, and unfortunately, we all know of cases where that has not worked out. And, you know, the situation that Christ describes in the gospel, well, it doesn't feel 2,000 years away, you know, and, and there's earthly fathers and unfortunately also spiritual fathers who do not mirror or transmit that love of the Heavenly Father, which is essentially our role. We're too familiar, all too familiar with false teachers and with hypocrites. But it would be a mistake to allow the foundation of our faith to be eroded by their bad example. You know, and I think that one of the key issues of our times is precisely a crisis of fatherhood. And I think both the you know, earthly uh, fatherhood that, that men enjoy within their families, but also the spiritual fatherhood of priests. And this is something that each one of us is called to live out in a very special way. And sometimes, you know, we run into people and, and they might criticize celibacy, for example, and just say it's not natural. And, you know, there's, you know, and, and, and I would agree to a certain extent that it's a supernatural call. But then as well, if, if I were to hear a priest who were to complain that he doesn't experience spiritual fatherhood, well, I would almost invite him to try a little harder, you know, because it's, it's essentially, it's essential to who we are. Because I think that the challenge that we receive from today's gospel, and particularly this phrase where Christ is talking about the Father, and we live in a world where too many people grow up without fathers or without a father who loves them in the way that gives them assurance and security. And so the challenge is how can we discover the goodness of our Heavenly Father? And how can we really live there? Because each one of us needs that assurance, needs that rock on which to stand. And I think at the end of the day, everybody that we meet in this world is going to be somewhat insufficient in order to give us that security. We can try, we can do our best, and some people do better than others. But ultimately, we need to found our faith in God the Father. And, and in order to foster this, I think one good practice can be at the end of the day to write down three things for which you're grateful. Grateful to God the Father. Because so often we can run through the day and, you know, at the end of the day, maybe we're focusing on the things that are, are more negative. You know, maybe somebody yelled at us at work or upset because yesterday both USC and Notre Dame lost, you know. Whatever it might be, you know, these different pains that we, we have to experience or disappointments, discouragement. But how much greater are the blessings that God gives us each day? But if we're not careful, we allow the negative to overshadow the blessings that we receive each day. And I think by you know, writing down three things for which we're grateful each day to God the Father, well, we cultivate in ourselves a sense of gratitude and we foster that trust and that confidence that allow us to see him for who he truly is. In this way, you foster in yourself a sense of gratitude and at the same time, you help your heart Recognize the beautiful place you occupy in the Father's heart. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, Christ in this gospel isn't, you know, advising against fathers because if this world needs anything, it needs more fathers and better fathers and stronger fathers so that we can discover the face of God, the face of our Heavenly Father who loves us tremendously.